Let's pray together. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So God, whether I live, whether I die in this life, I live and I die for you. Each breath that I take, each passing moment, each season that I am in, I trust in you, I walk with you, and I rely on you, and we rely upon your grace today as a church. We need you more today than yesterday. Speak to us, God. Open up our hearts and our ears to receive the word, the special and the priceless word that you have in store for us this very morning. We give you all the glory and all the honor, and may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of all the hearts for those who will be listening here today may be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Give us clean hands and a pure heart to receive your word here today. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen and amen. Okay, so last week, the title of the message was called, Are You Ready to Live? And today, we'll finish it with a question, Are You Ready to Die? Are You Ready to Die? Starting with our main scripture here today, found in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, where it says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To die is gain. What does that mean? 1 Corinthians 15, 31, this is where Paul declares, and he says, I die daily. I die every single day. Two individuals who had a huge impact in my life before entering into ministry, before I would serve as a teacher, a volunteer, in any way I can to help and to do the work that God called me to do in my 20s, in my early years, to go on missions, to serve in the sound room or the camera. I used to do the camera when I was in high school with the adult service. So you guys know sometimes in but this, this is like old school service where they would have a cameraman and it would have a capture the image of the people sitting on the pews. And you know how they would like zoom out slowly and then it would transition, fade, and it would go to another person? I would do that. I would do it with the camera and I would zoom in and I would do this like with the walk and I'd be doing this. <laughs> I'd be like doing this. So I've done a lot of things in the church, driving the van, doing a bunch of different things. But it wasn't until I was in. Korea, and I was introduced to these two powerful individuals, two different individuals with different ethnicity, 
of two different backgrounds who lived courageously before the Lord. The first individual, his name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I'm sure you know him, or maybe you don't. But here is his story and his testimony. In his book, the famous book, The Cost of Discipleship, there's a quote that says, When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Not to live, but to die. And this was an individual that literally put his words into action. He lived what he said. He was a German pastor who stood against the German regime during World War II. During World War II, it was 1939 to 1945, and he would die when the war ended in 1945. He committed his whole life to fight against the Nazi movement. He studied in America in the safety of his own school in America, but he chose, he made that decision to return to Germany where it was heightened at the peak of war, of World War II. Meaning he didn't run away. He does not run away from the fire, but he ran towards the fire. In life, there are two types of people. When there's a burning building, you either run into the building or you run away from it. And he chose to run towards the fire for that was the conviction and the call that God placed in his life for such a time as this. He knew his call. He knew his purpose, that this is where God called him to be, not in the safety of his place that he was in in America, but to go back and to preach the gospel. Friends and family must have warned him, look, it's not looking good here. For America, they joined the war later. It's not looking good here in Germany. I think it's best if you stay home. This is not safe. You will be arrested. They're arresting pastors. They're arresting Christians, Jews, you will not be safe in this country, so stay where you are. And in April of 1943, he was arrested and in prison for one and a half years, later sent to the Nazi consecration camp, just like the movie, the Life is Beautiful movie. That's where they are in the Nazi concentration camp. And on the 9th of April in 1945, two years later, the German soldiers executed this courageous pastor by hanging him. And two weeks later, the war would end. And then a week later, so three weeks total, three weeks later, Hitler would commit suicide. What a legacy. What a man of God. What a burger, right? What a legacy. Second individual that had a huge impact was by the name of Watchman Nee from China. 1903 to 1972, the year where he would die, he would do 30 years in ministry. 30 years, more than you've been alive. 
He was the individual that started and began the local churches, the underground churches. The term underground churches in China came from this man. And he wrote the book called The Normal Christian Life. And in Korea, I was blessed enough to receive this old book. It's an old book called The Normal Christian Life. And this book had an impact in my life immensely. And this is at the peak of in your youth, in your early 20s, where people are focused in worldly things, partying and just having fun. But God took a hold of my life, just allowing me to read this book. The church that I was attending it would take over three hours of commute. And during that time, I would just be reading this book over and over again, just being encouraged by God. And in that same year, I would go to missions to China near the border of North Korea where I was able to interact with some refugees and I was at the Tumen River where you can see the land of North Korea not far away. You can see the people of North Korea working in the fields and I have it in my journal where I received the call to come back and to attend seminary. And it was all because of this man's testimony. In the testimony of this life, his testimony is that he was a prominent law school student in his secular years. So he meets Christ, he gives up his everything, his worldly desires, to follow the call of God in his life. And in this book, in his testimony, in his story, he would say that he would later run into his old professor in the street. Of course, when you see someone from the past, you're excited and you want to catch up. And they will go into a coffee shop. And as the professor in his book, it says, looked into his eyes with penetrating eyes, said, During your college days, we had such high hopes for you, all of you. We thought a great deal of you, and we hoped that you would hope to something great. And you mean to tell me that this is what you are? And Watchman Nee, when he heard these words from his old professor, he couldn't help himself but to break down and weep. The words, are you still in this condition with no success? with no progress, with nothing to show, meaning his career at this time, his health, everything had gone. However, here is the most glorious part, and this is what he says in his book. He says, it was at this very moment in all of my life, in all of my life, in all of my life, that I understood what it meant to have the Spirit of God in my life. Meaning in this very moment, he had felt the Spirit of glory resting upon him. And the thought of him being able to pour out his life for his Lord flooded his soul with such tremendous joy. And with this story, I remember giving this sermon in seminary called, It is not a waste. It is not a waste to be wasted for God. For that is the most glorious thing. And I will share his testimony, the story of this powerful, amazing, courageous individual.
where in this very moment in his brokenness, he would say that he knew the spirit of glory was upon him. And the thought of being able to pour out my life for my Lord, it would bring me such tremendous joy. And he would eventually be imprisoned for his faith. And he spent the last 20 years of his life in prison, 20 years. And at the age of 69, he died. Meaning at the age of 49, he went to prison. And at 69, he had died for Christ. Such a legacy. Amazing. Amazing man of God. But here's the truth. There are many more individuals that came before. The first martyr, Stephen, Acts chapter 7, verse 55. It says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Fast forward to verse 59 to 60. While they were stoning him, or how Christianity is about enduring the stones and the persecutions and the sufferings and hardships. Being a Christian is not an easy path, for it is a narrow gate, the scripture says. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep, meaning he had died, the first martyr to be recorded in the Bible. So how is it possible to look to death in the face to face with such bravery? How is that possible? How can we, when we take our final breath here on earth, how are we able to see it with such courage and face it with such courage? How is that possible? And the answer is very simple and is very profound, yet at the same time, it is simple. It is Jesus Christ. That is the answer, and that is it. There's nothing more than that and less than that. It is Jesus Christ. It's because what Christ has done in me and for me, because he died for me, because he lives, I live. Because he died for me, I am able to die to the things of this world and to die for Christ. The answer is Jesus Christ. Mark 15, verse 37. This is ESV translation. Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last, dying on the cross. Luke 23, 46 says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he has said this, he breathed his last, meaning he fell asleep. He went to the Lord. And it is because Christ did it for me. Because he died for me. I am now able to face this life and death with boldness. Traditions say, I want to start off with Andrew, because it's my name. The disciple Andrew, they tied 
his body to an X-shaped cross, whipping him severely. Testimonies say that Andrew continued to preach the gospel to his tormentors until his final hour, saying, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. Matthew, he would die by the sword. James, he would be thrown from the top of the temple, and he would survive this fall, and they would beat him with a club to death. Bartholomew, a.k.a. also known as Nathaniel, he was flayed to death by a whip. Thomas stabbed with a spear. Matthias, the one who replaced Judas, the traitor, stoned and beheaded. Peter, we all know the story of Peter where he would be crucified upside down, fulfilling the prophecy of what Jesus said to him in John 21. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Jesus tells Peter, follow me even until death. Follow me. Imagine being Peter, whoa, what? I don't know, Jesus. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. It's talking about John, because John is the writer. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, meaning John, he asked, Lord, what about John? What about John? Not just me, but how about John? How is John going to die? What about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? And John is actually the only one that actually survives. Well, he was boiled in a huge basin of oil. He survives that. He is sent to life sentence to the island of Patmos. And that's where he will write the book of Revelation, the book that we are studying in our scripture study. And he would die a peaceful death in his old age, which was now modern-day Turkey. And lastly, Paul. And I'm not talking about every disciple. I'm just going a list. I'm just choosing a few. Paul, he would be tortured and beheaded by Emperor Nero in Rome. So it is not how they died. It's not a question at a retreat. How did the disciple die? And you know the answer. For we all die. And death is the greatest equalizer of all. All deaths are equal. All deaths are fair. There are shows like 100 Worst Ways to Die, something like that. We hear people say, I don't want to die in this way. I don't want to die in a war. I don't want to die in my bed peacefully. I want to die doing something exciting. How boring is that to die in your bed in an old age? I don't want to die choking from eating noodles. But death, again, is the greatest equalizer of all. For death reminds us that no one is better or greater or lesser in this life. You could have all the talent in this world. You could have all the money in this world. But in death, it equalizes us all. 
but we all bleed red and we all will turn to ashes and will be no more. You're no more. In the end, our final destination is the same. Death, death, and death. So it is not how they died, but how they were willing, how they chose to die for Christ. How can a person have that much courage, that much faith to be martyred for their faith? And here is a reality check. We must die. We must die. I must die. I die daily. I must die today, every single day. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. The weight of the cross, the cross is laid on every Christian. It's about dying to your old self, the dying of the old man, the old Jonathan, the old woman, the old individual who you used to be before Christ. But it's about after Christ, A.D., Anno Domini. It's after, after, who we are after Christ. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And what does it mean to die? It may be a death like the first disciples were called. Death to their old self, death to their old profession, death of their old dreams and desires, what they have for themselves, and pursuing God, giving up their dreams, their old lives, and profession and work to follow Jesus. But that death is the same every time. It's death to yourself and life in Christ, and death to your old self in Christ so that you can have life and life to the full. The death of the old man, the death of the old woman, the death of the old person at the feet of Jesus. For in death, Scripture tells us, there is life, which leads to point number one. In death, there is life. As a Christian, in death, there is life. As Christians, we have hope and we have life to the full, even in death. 1 Corinthians 15, 54, verse 58 says, Death has been swallowed up, swallowed up in victory. Where all death is your victory? Where all death is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in, in vain. Be steadfast, immovable. Always excel in the work that God had called you to do for your God's workmanship to do the work that he had called us to do. And do not be afraid of how you will die. For even in death, 
you'll have the victory. In death, in death, there is life. Point number two, in pride, there is death. And I want you to take this point very seriously. And what I mean by pride, where there is pride, there is no room for the Lord to work in your life. Pride kills. Therefore, kill pride in your life. Pride is the sin, as it says, is where it all stems from. When we choose to say, God cannot forgive me or I cannot change, that is pride. That's how you are blinded. And it is through pride the devil will destroy your soul. You need humility. You need humility to know that God is greater than all your feelings, that God is greater than all your mistakes, than all your shortcomings. You need to kill pride before pride kills you. You need to submit yourself to the Lord and humble yourself before the Lord. So how do you kill pride? In Christ and through Christ. Nothing more and nothing less. We meet worldly people and we see that some people are humble, some people are not. And sometimes worldly individuals are more humble than Christians. But when I'm, talk, when I talk, when I'm talking about humility here, I am talking about submitting yourself and believing in the Lord. Letting go of pride means having faith in Christ. Being humble. Knowing that Christ died for you. Accepting the truth of the gospel. For so point letter A, it says, In pride we die, and B, in humility we live. When in pride there is a great separation, a great chasm that separates us from the living God. In pride we die, and in humility we live. We must die to our pride, our ego. We must let go of our feelings, our emotions. Let go of our own self-control, desire to control everything in our life. But submit to him. And follow him with tremendous faith. In pride, there is death. Pride kills. Therefore, kill pride before pride kills you. Know this, in pride we die, in humility we live. It's a very short message, and I'm closing with this. Point number three is this, in this one life, die well. In this one life, die well. For you only die once. You have only one chance. Just like you have one life, one chance to live, you only have one chance to die well for Christ. And when you die, will you die gloriously? Whether I die in my bed, whether I die in an accident, however death may come, how will we die? I bid you, I bid you, 
with all humility, I bid you here today, for those who are listening here today, that in this one life and one chance that you have, in this one life, one chance that you have, for you to die well. To die well means you must accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To die well, you must know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So simple, yet at the same time, so profound, yet we complicate things. It's simple. Know Christ. Know Jesus Christ. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Accept him. B, trust him. C, rely on him. D, fall on him. E, depend on him. G, hold on to him. H, walk with him. I, obey him. J, follow him. K, fear him, meaning revere him. And lastly, know him. L, know him. As Paul declared in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to what? Know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death and death on a cross. Job 19, 25 to 27 says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes and I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. And because he lives, I live. Even in death, I live. So today, may we take a leap of faith today. Amen and amen. May you have hearts of humility here today that no matter how old or how jaded you may have become, don't cross that line. Don't cross that line of no return. Once your heart is hardened, once your heart is full of pride and you are blinded and you will fall under the scheme of the enemy, it will be very difficult for us to come back. And most likely, we will not come back if we continue on in this journey. But if you have humility today to accept Jesus Christ, if you have courage today to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, hold on to it. Don't let go of it. For it is the greatest thing that you will ever have. It will be your greatest protection that you will ever have. You cannot enter eternity without Christ. 
If Christ is not for you, He is not for us, and He will be against us. You must not be against God, for we are forced to think that we are immortal beings. You are a finite individual here today and gone tomorrow. A breath, it says, a mist that comes and goes in this one life that you have. Hold on to him. Hold on to him. Hold on to him. Are you ready to die? Are you ready? For me, and I've shared this with you before, I am ready. Any moment, God, you call me, I will be ready. I will not be scared, for you are with me. Psalm 23. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. May you face death with courage. May you not be afraid of death here today. And as we think about death, may we think about life. Don't be morbid and start planning out how you will die. Don't worry then, I'll help you. May it encourage you today to reflect back on the years that we have left, to number our days, to know that we are finite beings and that one day we will die. All men die. But I will die for Christ and Christ alone. Philippians 1.21, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is King. 1 Corinthians 15.31, I die daily. And as Paul declared, Philippians 3, 7-9, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Last week, we focused on the former, to live well. This week, we'll focus on the latter, to die well. We live and we die. That is the order. We don't die and we live. Yes, in spiritual sense, we die and we live in Christ. Yes, you are born into this world and you will die and die well but you will die well in Christ. Not only do we have hope in the former, life before death, but also in death, we have life and life to the full in Christ Jesus. As Pastor Bonhoeffer, he died for the gospel. As they not only live for the gospel, they also died for the gospel. All men shall die. But the true question is, will you die well? Will you die well? Are you ready to die? We all die. But who will we die for? How will we die? What will we die for? You live by the sword, you will die by the sword. You live by the world, you will die according to the standards of this world, which is death and hell for all of eternity. You live for the gospel, you will live and you will die for the gospel. The gospel. And the good news of Jesus Christ, there is life and life to the full. You are blessed today 
if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Through every situation, glorify Him. Cancer, sickness, whatever it may be, death in your family, to your friends, whatever it may be, in every situation, glorify Him. For what and for whom will we live for? For whom will we die for? The cross is not the terrible end to a happy life, but it's the beginning of our communion with Christ. For you no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I die daily. Every day I carry the cross of Jesus Christ with me. Wherever I go, it's time to not only live for Christ, but it's time to die for Christ. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To die is gain. I die daily. Amen. And amen. With that, I want to invite the praise team to come up. I want to invite you to join me in prayer and in worship. It's not a matter of sounding good or saying the right things or looking holier than thou, for Christ sees everything within. It's about being honest and true before the Lord, before his presence. So I want to invite you to pray if you need to. And if you want to join in this worship, I invite you to join in this song. If you don't know what to say, if words are not coming out of you, then follow the words that is guided here. Say to those who are fearful hearted, speak to yourself just like I speak to myself when I preach. This message is not me being here and speaking to you. I am speaking everything to myself. Say to those who are fearful hearted, are you fearful hearted today? What does it say? Do not be afraid. The Lord your God, the Lord our God, is strong and with his not weak feeble arms but with his mighty arms when we call on his name he will what come and save he will come and save you and rescue you
For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain, and I die daily. Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us here today of what this life is all about. That, Lord, just like the title, Are You Ready to Die? In death, there is life. In pride, there is death. In pride, we die, and in humility, we live. And in this one life, die well. We must die well, and we will die well in Christ. We must accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You must know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Will you accept Him? Will you trust Him? Will you rely on Him? Will you fall on Him? Are you depending on Him? Are you holding on to Him? Will you walk with Him? Are you obeying Him? Are you obedient to Him? Are you following Him? Do you fear Him? Do you revere Him? Do you know Him? And if you want to know this Christ, if you want to know the Messiah, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and follow Him for the remaining years you have left on this earth, I want to invite you, for those who are listening and for those who have not done it yet, for again, this promise is not ours to hold if we're not in Christ. The hope of eternity in heaven with God is not a promise for us to hold on to if Christ is not in the picture. I want to invite you here today, if you're ready, to place your right hand to the left side of your chest, your heart representing your life. And I want to encourage you. I bid you here today to accept Him, to trust Him, Tell them today in your own words, Jesus, I accept, I trust, I rely. I will fall on you. I will depend on you. I will hold on to you more than my worldly dreams and my worldly relationships. I will walk with you. I will obey you. I will follow you. Help me to fear you not being afraid, but reverence towards you. Help me to know you, Jesus. Help me to walk with you. May you declare that in faith. In faith, may you declare. May the Spirit of God stir up within you strength and courage and faith and open that door of the heart receive the touch of the Holy Spirit, to receive the gospel, to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, tear down the walls. Tear down the walls of pride and arrogance. But stir up within us the foundation of humility and brokenness. Only when we are broken, will we be put together in the right foundation and it's the foundation of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ.
We thank you for this time and this word and for reminding us today with a question. Are you ready to live? And with a question, are you ready to die? And may our answer to both of these questions be yes, Lord. I am ready to live. I am ready to die. Nothing more, nothing less. It is all for your glory. Pray all these things. In your precious Son, Jesus Christ, we all pray. And as God's people, we pray. Amen. And amen. So I'll stand to our feet. The path of life. pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and provide you with peace. And may the unending pursuit and may the unending grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the gentle counsel and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, that surpasses all the knowledge of this world, continue to keep you, guide you, protect you, and lead you forevermore. And as God's people, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.